Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God. As it is written in Amos 8, 11 and 12, Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we begin a new Torah portion, Vayishlak, and it means, and he sent. Genesis 32, 3-12 When he saw them, Jacob said, This is Hashem's camp, so he named that place Mahanaim. Jacob sent messengers ahead to his brother Esau in the land of Seir, the country of Edom, and instructed them as follows, Thus shall you say to my lord Esau, Thus says your servant Jacob, I stayed with Laban and remained until now. I have acquired cattle, donkeys, sheep, and male and female slaves. And I send this message to my lord in the hope of gaining your favor. The messengers returned to Jacob, saying, We came to your brother Esau. He himself is coming to meet you, and there are four hundred men with him. Jacob was greatly frightened. In his anxiety, he divided the people with him, and the flocks, and herds, and camels into two camps, thinking, If Esau comes to the one camp and attacks at the other camp, may yet escape. Then Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, and God of my father Isaac, 
Hashem, who said to me, Return to your native land, and I will deal bountifully with you. I am unworthy of all the kindness that you have so steadfastly shown your servant. With my staff alone I crossed this Jordan, and now I have become two camps. Deliver me, I pray, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, else, I fear, he may come and strike me down, mothers and children alike. Daniel 11.36-12.13 The king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and he will speak awful things against the god of gods. He will prosper until wrath is spent, and what has been decreed is accomplished. He will not have regard for the god of his ancestors or for the one dear to women. He will not have regard for any god, but will magnify himself above all. He will honor the god of fortresses on his stand. He will honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly things, a god that has his ancestors never knew. He will deal with fortified strongholds with the help of an alien god. He will heap honor on those who acknowledge him and will make them master over many. He will distribute land for a price. At the time of the end, the king of the south will lock horns with him, but the king of the north will attack him with chariots and riders and many ships. He will invade lands, sweeping through them like a flood. He will invade the beautiful land, too, and many will fall, but these will escape his clutches, Edom, Moab, and the chief part of the Ammonites. He will lay his hands on lands, not even the land of Egypt will escape. He will gain control over treasures of gold and silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and Cushites will follow at his heel. But reports from the east and north will alarm him, and he will march forth in a great fury to destroy and annihilate many. He will pitch his royal pavilion between the sea and the beautiful holy mountain, and he will meet his doom with no one to help him. At that time the great prince Michael, who stands beside the sons of your people, will appear. It will be a time of trouble, the like of which has never been since the nation came into being. At that time your people will be rescued, all who are found inscribed in the book. Many of those that sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life, others to reproaches, to everlasting abhorrence. And the knowledgeable will be radiant, like the bright expanse of sky. And those who lead the many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, keep the words secret, and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will range far and wide, and knowledge will increase. Then I, Daniel, looked, and saw two others standing, one on one bank of the river, the other on the other bank of the river. One said to the man clothed in linen, who was above the water of the river, How long until the end of these awful things? 
Then I heard the man dressed in linen, who was above the water of the river, swear by the ever-living one as he lifted his right hand and his left hand to heaven, for a time, times, and half a time. And when the breaking of the power of the holy people comes to an end, then shall all these things be fulfilled. I heard, but did not understand. So I said, My Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? He said, Go, Daniel, for these words are secret and sealed to the time of the end. Many will be purified and purged and refined. The wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand, but the knowledgeable will understand. From the time the regular offering is abolished and an appalling abomination is set up, it will be a thousand two hundred and ninety days. Happy is the one who waits and reaches one thousand three hundred and thirty-five days. But you go on to the end. You shall rest and arise to your destiny at the end of the days. First John 4, 1 to 21. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Yeshua is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesses not that Yeshua is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already it is in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God. He that knows God hears us. He that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and every one that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loves not knows not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. Hereby know we that we dwell in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whosoever shall confess that Yeshua is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has to us. God is love, and he that dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. 
Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. If a man says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he that loves not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God love his brother also. Psalm 123, 1-4 Unto you I lift up my eyes, O you that dwell in the heavens. Behold, as the eyes of servants look unto the hand of their masters, and as the eyes of a maiden unto the hand of her mistress, so our eyes wait upon the Lord our God, until that he have mercy upon us. Have mercy upon us, O Lord, have mercy upon us, for we are exceedingly filled with contempt. Our soul is exceedingly filled with the scorning of those that are at ease, and with the contempt of the proud. Proverbs 29, 2-4 When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked bear rule, the people mourn. Whoso loves wisdom rejoices his father, but he that keeps company with harlots spends his substance. The king by judgment establishes the land, but he that receives gifts overthrows it. I'd like to speak to you today from the book of Daniel, the closing chapters, Daniel 11 and 12, and then we're going to jump into 1 John chapter 4. And in these two concluding chapters of the book of Daniel, we see a description, a very uh, precise description of this Antichrist, end-of-days beast leader. And what, what we learn about him in Daniel 11, verse 36, the king will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every god, and he will speak awful things against the God of Israel, and he will prosper until wrath is spent. So this he, this is describing this uh, Antichrist leader, the world leader who will come on the stage and be the leader of the one world government. And it goes on to say in verse 37, he will not have regard for the God of his ancestors or for the one dear to women. He will honor the God of fortresses on his stand. He will honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and costly things, a God that his ancestors never knew. So what is this God of fortresses? I really don't know. What comes to my mind, a god of fortresses, a fortress is uh, like a castle behind walls. And so a fortress has walls, and it, it, it has a connotation of a military guard. So some of this won't become clear until it's being fulfilled, and then as it's being fulfilled, we'll go, oh, that's what that meant. 
Goes on to say in verse 41, he will invade the beautiful land too, and many will fall. Well, what is the beautiful land? Well, many commentators say that this is Israel, the beautiful land. He will invade the beautiful land, Israel. Many will fall, but there will be those who escape his clutches, Edom, Moab, and the chief part of the Ammonites. He will gain control over treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and Cushites will follow at his heel. So what this is implying is that, and perhaps this happens during the Gog-Magog War, or maybe not, but that this Antichrist leader is going to attack Israel. But in verse 44, there will be reports from the east and in the north that will alarm him, and he will march forth in great fury to destroy and annihilate many. So something will happen to draw his attention away from Israel and to cause him to go back up north to deal with a situation. So how long is this period going to last where we're under the rule and the reign of an Antichrist beast system? Well, Daniel asks this question. What will this be the outcome of all these things? In Daniel chapter 12, verse 8. Verse 9, the angel answers him and says, Go, Daniel, for these words are secret and sealed to the time of the end. In other words, there won't be an understanding of what all this means until you need to know. When you are living in the time of the end, then the words and the prophecies will be unsealed because at that time you do need to know. It's on a need-to-know basis. And so he goes on to say many will be purified and purged and refined. And then he gives a time marker in verse 11. From the time the regular offering is abolished and an appalling abomination is set up, it will be 2,000 a 1,290 days. So what that's saying is that there's going to be an altar up on the Temple Mount and the daily sacrifice will be occurring. So what was that daily sacrifice? It was the daily Tamid lamb offering and it was usually offered twice per day during the morning prayers at 9 a.m. and during the afternoon evening prayers at 3 p.m. So before they can do the daily sacrifice, they have to dedicate the altar. And that was um, either a seven or or an eight-day process. I think that's outlined in Numbers chapter 7. So once the altar is dedicated and set apart and consecrated, then they can do the daily tamid lamb offering. And so what this verse is saying is that this regular offering is going to be shut down. And an abomination is going to be set up in its place, up on the Temple Mount. And that once that abomination is set up on the Temple Mount, that is the kickoff, the beginning of this Great Tribulation period. And this Great Tribulation period is 1,290 days. Three and a half years, 42 months, plus an extra 30 days. So it's a three and a half year period. And what kicks it off is this abomination that goes up on the Temple Mount and the regular 
altar will be shut down. So that's what we need to be watching for. And then once it happens, then we know it's a three and a half year period that we must endure and persevere through. So now I want to jump into 1 John chapter 4. And as we come into the holiday season, this year, Hanukkah, the week of Hanukkah, which is eight days long, happens to fall during the same week as Christmas. Now, I happen to be one that I observe Hanukkah. I know that there are those in the Hebrew Roots community who do not. It is not actually outlined in Leviticus 23 as one of the feast days of the Lord. However, there's a verse that in John, the book of John, that Yeshua was out walking in the temple area, and it was the time of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is known as the Festival of Lights, the Feast of Lights, the time, the Feast of Dedication. And so I'm going to say something a little bit controversial. But some of you, I think, will resonate with this, and others of you, uh, you, you may get your hairs, your hackles up. But in 1 John chapter 4, this whole chapter is all about walking in love. We're told to love one another, and he that loves not knows not God. And in this was manifested the love of God toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. And this commandment have we from him, that he who loves God loves his brother also. So here's the controversy. Coming into the holidays, December is when a lot of mainstream Christians celebrate Christmas. But a lot of people celebrate Christmas who are not religious at all. They don't recognize or acknowledge Yeshua. and They just want to get together and have a holiday party and be with their family and exchange gifts. And I know, (laughs) I know the origins of Christmas are very pagan. I understand that. And for the last probably 15 years, I have not kept Christmas. I used to when I was a young woman and I was raising my children. And they have many happy memories of family traditions that we did When we celebrated Christmas, I would make them homemade cinnamon rolls on Christmas morning for breakfast. And just lots of happy memories of opening up gifts and and getting just the perfect present that you want to give to that person that you love. And so for the last 15 years, I have not been part of those family celebrations. My My grown children now are married and they have homes and families of their own. And... They've been carrying forth those traditions, but mom has been quite absent. And so, as I've prayed about it and sought the Lord about it, the most important thing that I can leave as a legacy for my children is that they know that they are loved and that this love comes from Yeshua. And in many ways, it has been quite an unloving thing for me to be absent from those family celebrations. This is when they take time off from work. This is when they travel 
hundreds of miles so that the kids can all gather in one home and, and hang out and spend time together and cousins can play together and brothers can hang out and sisters can hang out. And so this year, I'm going to break from my tradition of not celebrating Christmas because from their point of view, I've been quite the Grinch. And since Hanukkah and Christmas are right on top of each other this year, I'm going to give some gifts to the grandchildren, and I'll call them Hanukkah gifts. But basically, my presence is how I want to show love to them. Now, am I going to bow down to that tree? No. I may show up and give presents a few days in advance ahead of Christmas. Or give a couple of presents when Christmas is over, because it's a season. And take time to learn more about the real message of Hanukkah, going back to the Maccabees. And it's not just about spinning dreidels and eating sugary donuts. There's a whole story and history of some brave men who took the temple back from the Greeks. The temple had been defiled, and uh, a pig slaughtered on the altar, a statue of Zeus set up, and then the Maccabees came in and removed that statue, cleansed the temple, rededicated the temple, and then lit the menorah, and the oil miraculously lasted for nine days, even though there was only enough, a little bit of oil, not enough to last for nine days. And so it's a picture of the sons of Zion coming against the sons of Greece. It's a picture of rededicating the temple, and not just a building, but also that your body is the temple that houses the Holy Spirit, of rededicating your body to the Holy One. So I just want to share that with you because, you know, for years I was kind of rigid about the whole thing and just really wanted nothing to do with Christmas because it was evil and it was pagan and it was, you know, I didn't want to offend the God of Israel. But you know what? The, the lesson I'm seeing is that love trumps everything. And no, I'm not going to be compromising and bowing down to a tree, but I want to show and demonstrate love in a tangible, practical way to my family. And I need to meet them where they're at. They have not crossed over. They don't know about the biblical feasts. They don't, they're not drawn to that at this time. I need to meet them where they're at. And so if that gives some of you who may be listening a little bit of liberty and grace to gather with your family over the holidays in order to express the love of Yeshua to them, then I pray that you'll take that to heart. Not that it gets into materialism, consumerism, spending money, and all the pagan worldly things that it has become to so many. But if your heart is, I want to demonstrate and show love in a practical way and just hang out with my family. You don't even have to give gifts. Just hang out with them. Help make some cookies. Go look at some pretty Christmas lights. Have some hot cider. 
sit by the fire and have a nice conversation. Help out in the kitchen. Love on your family. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this great passage in 1 John chapter 4 about loving one another. And I pray, Lord, that as we show love to one another, to those in the faith, to those in the family of God, but even to those in our families that may not know you, I pray, Lord, that you will use each and every one of us as an ambassador, as a representative, to show the love of Christ to show the love of Yeshua to our families, to reach them where they are at. Help us, Lord, not to compromise and fall into paganism, but at the same time, Father, may we truly show love in a tangible, practical way to our families at this time, especially since many families have been divided and separated during the pandemic, the pandemic of 2020 and 2021. So, Father, may your love abide richly in our hearts and may it flow through us to our family and our friends and our loved one. I ask this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. Adonai Vish Mareka Yaya Adonai Anavilaka Vikuneka Yisa Adonai Anav Eleka Vayaseh Leka Leka Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. <laughs>